I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast here on DKPittsburghSports.com's podcasting platform. I'm Chris Carter. He's Dale Lolly breaking things down on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, remember, you can subscribe to this show on, on this, to this show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts or anywhere podcasts are hosted. And remember to rate us five stars with a positive comment. Doing both at the same time really helps out the, the, the network, not just this show, but all of our shows. Dale, first of all, it's June, man. How how you feel it, my man? It's June. We we you know you know mini camp is out. All that is done. We've got like basically a month before the Steelers report to training camp. This is this is always a time of the year where you know baseball is in the air. Yeah, and uh, there's not much going on in football. And if there is something going on in football, it's usually bad. Um, you know, so you know, for example, you you see uh, yesterday Jalen Twyman gets shot. Yeah, it was very. Um, sad. You know, you, you have. Uh, um, not Khalil Mack, uh, the, the uh, edge rusher from the, the the Chiefs, gets stopped at, at, in L.A. and Frank Clark, yeah, Frank Clark with an Uzi in his car. Like these are the stories that happen in in late June and into July before training camp. So you don't want any necessarily want any Steelers news coming out right now, because if right. it if it does, it means it's something bad. So that's where we're at. Yeah, the, we're in the no news is good news stage of the NFL season. Um, but Dale, you wrote an interesting piece about the importance of Najee Harris and the importance of the running backs position in the NFL, because that was the debate all of the, you know, leading into the draft, you know, should because it was Najee Harris and Travis Etienne, the two guys that were the, the, the consensus one and two, guys of the running back class and whether they should take either you know either one or the other or if they should even take a running back altogether because some people are like you need to get offensive line you need to get cornerback you need to get edge rusher you need to get this guy quarterback whatever they still want the Steelers went with the running back position to many's dismay and so, so you know I see even see now some people online say things like oh well even if Najee Harris is great it still doesn't change it was a bad pick because it was a running back but in your piece, you you analyzed and broke down a lot of numbers about running backs' importance to their teams. What were some of the findings that you had that led you to believe, you know, that are setting up your frame of mind for how to look at this Steelers season with Najee Harris? Well, here's here's the here was the what I looked at, Chris. I, I took the last ten running backs who were selected in the first round. That took us all the way back through the 2015 draft when Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon went in the first round. So you're looking at Clyde Edwards, Lair, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Rashad Penny, Sony Michelle. Uh, God, that he was a first rounder. Yeah, uh, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon. Now, if you took that group as a whole, I mean, Penny's the obvious outlier there, but those guys have all had some level of success in the NFL. There's no doubt about it. Uh, just to argue that they haven't is ridiculous. 
what they meant in year one for their teams was for the on the defensive side of the things. On average, their defensive defensively, their uh, the defensive unit was on the field an average of twenty three point eight fewer plays than the year before. Now, some of that there were some really extreme uh, circumstances on some of those. For example, the uh, the Seahawks when they drafted Penny. Now. They also had Chris Carson and Chris Carson was a sixth round pick from the year before. Right. But they went from being uh, the number. Uh, where are they here? They went from being like the ninth best rushing team in the league. I'm sorry. They went from 23rd best rushing team in the league from having uh, Russell Wilson be their leading rusher. Right. To being number one in the league and running. Wow. So that meant what that meant for their defense was a thousand fewer plays on the field that, or I'm sorry, a hundred fewer plays uh, on the field that year. They dropped from being a, a, a 10,000 or a, a 1,045 defensive snaps that they took in, in uh, uh, 17 to 18, where they took 945 defensive snaps. That's significant. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big number. Uh, the, by and large, that's what you see with that group. The teams that drafted running backs in the first round typically saw 20, at least 20, typically up to, you know, 30 to 40 snap, fewer snaps on the field that season. That's almost a full game worth of snaps. You typically have, you know, 50 to 60 defensive snaps on in a game. Uh, there were a couple of outliers there in that as well. For example, the Cowboys uh, saw a jump somehow when they, when they drafted Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, in, in the first round. Now they became a much more explosive team, but they also went 13 and three that year after going four and 12 the year before they got Elliot. Right. They had a nine game improvement. Yeah. So that was significant. Uh, you saw the, uh, for example, the, the Rams when they drafted Gurley mm-hmm. actually played a lot more snaps. They played 86 more snaps defensively than they had the previous year. So that mm-hmm. 23.8 number that I, that I threw out there, those two kind of skew the whole, the whole thing. Most teams were seeing, you know, 40 to 50 snap, fewer snaps defensively per game. Again, that's a full game's worth of snaps. Your defense isn't on the field. Yeah. You're looking at, you know, over the course of a, of each game, five to six snaps at that first round running back kept your defense off the field. That's why guys like Cam Hayward were so happy. The Steelers took a running back in the first round. The other thing that, that I saw when I, when I looked at these guys, uh, the average wins, went from 6.9 to 9.2. Hmm. So you saw, obviously, the Cowboys were a big part of that, going from 4-12 and 12 to 13-3. and three. Most of the teams may not have made that kind of jump. And actually, when you look at it, for example, uh, Sony Michelle, the Patriots went from being 13-3 and three to 11-5. and five. But they won the Super Bowl that Sony Michelle's rookie year. Right. So their 11 and five was a pretty good 11 and five because they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though they, they took a, a, you know, a backward step, they were a better football team. Um, the rushing rank on average, those teams were 18.8 mm-hmm. in, in average in rushing across the league. They improved to 9.9. So they, be, they improved to being a top 10 rushing team by adding one of these rookie running backs. Their average leading rusher went from being at 717.9 yards uh, to these rookie backs. Those 10 rookie backs taken in the first round averaged 946.3 rushing yards. That, wow. And that's with like a guy like Christian, like Christian McCaffrey, his rookie year only had 435 rushing yards. 
mm-hmm. but he caught 80 passes for 651 yards. Right. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, that skews that number a little bit. Penny obviously skews that number a little bit, but most of these guys were pretty successful. The, the one that stood out the most to me was Leonard Fournette. Now he was the fourth pick in the draft right. in, in 2016 or 2017. You could argue that that was probably overdrafted for him, mm-hmm. but the Jaguars went from 22nd in the league in rushing to first yeah. in the league in rushing. And the they went from scoring offense that year. Yeah, they went from three and thirteen to ten and six, and in the playoffs and making making the uh, AFC Championship game. TJ Yeldon was their leading rusher the year before they got Fournette. He had four hundred and sixty five yards. Fournette had over a thousand. Uh, that defense, which was already pretty good, they were the sixth best defense in two thousand sixteen. Improved to the second best defense because they played. About the 30, they played 37 fewer defensive snaps that next season. Again, more than half a game fewer defensive snaps when you've got a good defense. And you could look at that. That one lines up pretty well with what you would look at with the Steelers. Again, 22nd in rushing to move to first. I don't expect the Steelers to move to be the, the number one rushing team in football this year, but I, I, I look at what they can be, uh, what this does adding Najee Harris defensively. Again, if they get. 30 fewer snaps on the field this year. That kind of helps make up for the loss of Bud Dupree and Steven Nelson and Mike Hilton mm-hmm. uh, because your defense isn't on the field as much. Your other guys aren't getting as worn out. Maybe TJ Watt doesn't have to tap out as often as he does. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, he, because he's playing five fewer right. snaps per game. Now, see, that's the thing. When TJ Watt was talking about that and, and Keith Butler was talking about that and trying to strategize where to fit him in and make sure that he's ready because you need him to be ready and, and to go at the right parts of the game. And Keith Butler said the nut cutting time, as, as right. he described it, was early fourth quarter, mid fourth quarter when it's time to start making those. Well, if you're running the football well in the first half and your defense is only on the field for 20 snaps, mm-hmm. TJ Watt's completely fresh in the second half. Right. You know, and, if he if they're out there for thirty, it's a big, it's a much different, uh, you know, situation, a uh, different conversation. It, it is, and, and I want people to understand because I've had this question posed to me as well. It's like, well, I see Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds and Joe Hayden playing hundred percent of the snaps. Why can't these guys? It's like you got to understand when you're when you're coming off the ball and you're engaging offensive linemen, that stuff is a lot more tiring on your body. He's than, hand fighting with with and and, and leaning on guys three hundred pound men who are fifty pounds heavier than him. And oh, by the way. He's getting double teamed a lot of the times too. Yes, you know. So yeah, you're gonna get, and, and it's it, it's much more difficult uh, chasing a quarterback in the pocket once you once you disengage and you you start chasing. Uh, he runs to the sideline and you chase him to the sideline. I mean, that's so much more difficult than just running and covering a guy. Um, right. Because again, the, the the physical strain. Okay, I'm going from you're using your whole body because you're going from, from again, hand fighting with, with somebody who's 50 pounds heavier than you uh, to then chasing somebody at full speed. Maybe you get them on the ground. Maybe you don't, maybe you get blocked again. Um, You know, that kind of stuff happens. So it's, it's just a different, it's a completely different thing. It it really is. And, and again, we're, we're, we're tying this into the importance of the ground game because when you get when you make it so TJ Watt only has to play so so many snaps a game, and he still still take breaks on occasion, but those breaks don't have to be as frequent because he's he's going out there. And again, you're also giving offenses less looks at your defense. Let's just face it, Dale. In today's NFL, offenses will eventually figure out. They'll defenses. figure it out. 
it's and good just, quarterbacks will eventually figure you out. And people wonder, you know, what happened a couple of years ago against Philip Rivers. Well, you know, you go, you go, go out there and, and give Philip Rivers forty snaps to figure out your defense, uh, and and see the holes. Oh, okay, I see this this inside linebacker can't cover. They're going to put their, you know, when we, when we come out in this formation, they're going to move the linebacker out there to cover this guy. Okay. I'm just going to keep doing that. Okay. Now they're, 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 they've adjusted. They're bringing an extra defensive back in to, to get the, get that guy covered. Okay. Now I'm just going to run the football. Right. You know, th- that's part of the cat and mouse game. You know, you, you hope to have a big lead by the time that happens. Um, but at some point, good quarterbacks are going to figure out what you're doing defensively. If you play a bunch of snaps against them. Right. And that's why you need to limit those their chances to do so, because there's been plenty of games. And, and I, I think people attributed this to not adjusting or, man, the, the, these two, the Steelers just fell apart to, you know, when, when you know, even in the Keith Butler days, when the defense would be out there, me having a shutdown game. And then late in the fourth quarter, the other team would start having some big plays or start getting some drives going. And then people are like, oh, man, they got lazy. No, the, the other team just started to make things click, and they started to, 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 to counteract what the Steelers wanted to do. That's why you want an offense that can hold on to the ball. That's, that's the crazy thing. Like, I, I would always uh, – I've heard the argument, well, you know, the other team made adjustments. The Steelers didn't make any halftime adjustments defensively. <laughs> if you're shutting a team down, yeah. What's your why, adjustment? Would you, why would you make any adjustments? Right. Your adjustments then come off of what they adjust to you doing. Um, you know, so yeah, there's there isn't a halftime adjustment. If I'm shutting you out in the first half, why would I adjust anything? I'm going to keep doing what I uh, what I was doing that worked until you stop it. I'm not going to just say, "Oh, that was working too well." They're going to adjust to what we're doing here. We better come out and try something different in the second half. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's right. ridiculous. But yeah, I, you know, when I looked at the 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 way that the, the impact. Um, that some of these rookie running backs made. I mean, you look at Clyde Edwards Hilaire last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the the Chiefs were a good football team, right? Before they got Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but they went from twelve and four to fourteen and two. They went from twenty third in rushing in twenty nineteen to sixteenth in rushing last season. Um, Damian Williams was their leading rusher with four hundred ninety eight yards. Uh, two years ago, last year, Edwards Hilaire had 803. Um, you know, so it, it's night and a little bit of night and day. And they played 21 fewer snaps because of that. Um, you know, for a defense like that, it, it wasn't a huge improvement for them. They went from 17th in total yards to 16th, but there was still an improvement there. And they're a team that's built to play from ahead and rush the passer. Well, you know, now they have the ability, at least the, the potential ability, to milk the clock a little bit more. How many of those games during that 12 and four season did they have to win from shootout? If you look at the, the Patriots uh, again, that, that, that uh, when they, before they drafted Sony Michelle, that was when they, they, they lost a shootout in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. uh, to the Eagles. That yes. was, that was who had the, whoever had the ball last or whoever made the mistake was going to win that one. Mm-hmm. The next year they get, they go get Michelle. He had 94 rushings and scored the game's only touchdown in the Super Bowl. They won 13 to three against the Rams. So, you know, you could say, well, Sonny Michelle didn't make a huge impact. Well, he had 931 rushing yards as a rookie. Right. Defensive improvement. They went from being 29th defensively to 21st. That doesn't sound like a huge thing. But it is. But the it 29th is. 29th is like you're, you're almost dead last. You're awful. There. Yeah. 
you're going to play shootouts. Yeah. Now 21st, okay, you're in the middle of the pack. Yeah, like you're you know? you're 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 you're, half, you're a step down from from being average, you know. Yeah. And, and and that's a lot that's a lot better than dead last. And and that's where the Steelers have to be. We're not done with this conversation. We got to take a quick break, get to our sponsors. We're we're picking this conversation up right up right after this break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Back here on the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast here on DKPittsburghSports.com podcast platform. Chris Carter, he's Dale Lolly. We're talking about the return of a ground game for the Steelers and what Najee Harris can bring to the entire team, even when he's not on the field. And remember, you can listen to this podcast anywhere for free on your podcasting platforms, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's Google Podcasts. Just be sure to rate us five stars with a positive comment to help us out. Now, Dale, continuing on this point, the defense needing to be on the field less is a major part, is, is a major strategy, especially even when you have that top tier defense, because the Steelers now do have one of the best defenses in the league. You know, the last two years, they've been, they've been phenomenal. They've been top five at, at, at worst, you'd say that they were top five. Now you look, you look at this team, how do you protect that defense more and let them and let them be in their element it's spot makers they're out there less and so that's why we're talking about Najee Harris that's why we're talking about the running game and protecting them um but is this the direction that we may see the NFL go because you know many people were calling it the golden age of quarterbacks that we went through this just this is last generation with Tom Brady Peyton Manning Drew Brees Ben Roethlisberger Eli Manning and yes there's there's great guys that are coming up the line you know Patrick Mahomes young uh, uh Josh Allen young Deshaun Watson we'll see if he ever plays again you know like you know those all those types of situations you know, there's there's young guns that are out there but as teams like we were just talking about teams adjust to you in game and they're going to find your weaknesses. The league adjusts to styles and how things are turned out there at the air. Can you see a, a revolution in, in the run game and its importance to protect defenses as they try to adjust to this style of play? Yeah. I think you, if you look at a team like the Seahawks, for example, um, you know, everybody once said, you know, early last year, well, just let Russ cook, let Russ cook. <laughs> And their defense was exposed when right. they did that. So they went back to, again, the, the, the idea, uh, when you look at what they did when they drafted Rashad Penny in 2018, 
they went from a team that had 1,045 defensive snaps to a team that had 945 defensive snaps because they started running the football. They Mm -hmm. still have Russell Wilson. They still have a guy uh, who is capable of taking over a football game if need be. But their idea was, hey, we want to run the football. We want, we want to have uh, Russell Wilson throw the ball 30 times. We know we're going to get 30 high-quality throws out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we want to run the football to shorten the game to protect our defense. Because right. we, you know it's, it's just not a very good defense. They, they can't play shootouts necessarily. Now, maybe they're built a little bit differently for that now. Um, you know, they've got great receivers there, but they still, they're still a run-first football team. You saw it at midseason last year after all the let Russ cook stuff. Mm-hmm. They kind of slowed things back down again and started running the football more consistently uh, because that's just it's it's a tried and, and, and true way to shorten the game. Um, you know, the rules are set up as such that your defense is at a, a certainly 100 percent at a disadvantage against the other team's offense. Pass interference penalties. They're, you know, they're not calling holding penalties. Um, you know, all the stuff that all the stuff that the NFL is doing right now favors the offense. So how do you how do you combat that? If you're a defensive team, you've got a good defense. Play fewer snaps. Yeah. <laughs> play fewer snaps. Uh, that That's 100 percent the way to do it. And so, yeah, the, I think a running back helps you do that. Um, you know, you're able to grind a little bit more. You're able to take some clock, eat some clock. Um, it, it doesn't have to be. Uh, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust. I mean, you can throw the balls or the backs as well because those are easy throws that, that, that the quarterback can, can complete and keep the clock running. It's all about time of possession. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you win the time of possession, look at the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills didn't necessarily run the ball super well last year. I mean, Josh Allen was their, was their, was their best runner mm-hmm. uh, per se, but they, they were good in time of possession. And so – you know, you, you keep your defense off the field. Right. And to some degree, that's what the Steelers were trying to do with the short passing game. With the short passing year. game. Yeah. They, they were, they, they realized, Hey, we can't rely on James Conner to do this every week. You know, early in the season, fine. There were, there were big plays that he busted off, but they, you know, our best asset on offense is our deep receiving core. Let's go do that. And that's why they did that. That's why they, that, that's why they tried it. And it just became, they were, they had to rely on it too much because they didn't have the answer in the backfield. And eventually teams prayed on it and it was a problem. And it was just as big of a problem as when they were trying to go downfield. Um, and everyone knew that was good. So that's the thing here you're looking for fine ways to conserve your time and conserve your energy so that you're getting your guys out there. Because then the other thing is Dale, you know, I've been, you know, I've been keeping up with the NBA playoffs and, you know, seeing those teams duke it out and the, and the strategy that goes into this and there's adjustments in those games as well, but you can't, you can only do so many adjustments outside of what, what it is that you do great because right. like you can't you can't just you know this is like people think back to like like little giants like the fumble ruski like oh we're gonna come up with the magical play that's just gonna solve all the answers and that's the that, that's the thing it's the trick is that's not that's not the answer here there's finding different things that work to the skills of your team and having and and being able to use them now if your team doesn't have the skills to to, to have that that wide variance that's when you're going to be that people are going to know when you're coming. Now, if you're great at those, at those one or two things, you can still win football games, but if you're so, so, or, or just good, 
you're going to, you're eventually going to run out of answers. And that's when you need to be able to find those different things, but it's not as easy as just, Oh, we need to plan on it and, and, and just write it down in the playbook and call the play. And then it's just going to happen. It's not that simple. Um, and this is why you need to have a balanced roster. This was why, you know, Dale and I were talking about, they need to get a running game so that when they get late in the season, say the running game, say, like Dale, say the running game does pop off at the beginning of the year. Say, you know, through eight games, the Steelers running game is crushing people. And then, you know, they hit the bye week and teams are like, you know what? F it. We're stopping Najee Harris. We're not letting that happen. Well, now it opens up the passing game. Exactly. And now, and now the, because you've used, you've been focused so much on the run game. Now the creativity of the passing game, because there were some moments last year where the, there were creative passing plays. You're like, Whoa, that was pretty cool how they got this matchup. But when it's all you can rely on and you empty the barrel in all your, in all those moments, in the middle of the season, then later in the season, it's like, we've seen all this, you know, thing, if you're another, if you're another defense. So that's what we're talking about. It's fine. When you have talent on different parts of your roster and you have that balance, it gives you that chance to not have to empty the barrel at different parts of the season. And then when you get to the playoffs, then you're saying, all right, there's a couple blitzes that we ain't had to use because we ain't been on the field so much this year. There's these play action plays that we ain't had to use because we, you know, we ain't, we ain't been, you know, we, we haven't had to, had to call these plays and it catches people off guard. And that's what we're talking about by a revitalized run game. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many things you can do uh, with 11 men on a football field. Um, you know, everything has pretty much been tried. You can do some little variations of things, but you know, it's all about the element of surprise, um, you know, a good running game. I, I was I was one of the people who, who thought that, you know, hey, the Steelers are, are winning last year with that short passing game. Um, the problem was, is when teams adjusted to it, they yep. had no answer uh, because they, they couldn't run the football. They could not run the football. Well, we'll see if they can run it this year. Najee Harris gives them a much better chance. He certainly does. We will be keeping you up to date when the, when they get back to training camp with how he's doing because really he's gonna be a huge part of this story this season. Whether they do great, whether they do decent, whether they do poorly, how he fits into this offense, how quickly it gets going, uh, is gonna tell a great deal. Read Dale Lolly's piece that he has up on DKPittsburghSports.com. It's called uh, "Najee Harris Won't Matter for the Steelers?" Question mark. The facts suggest differently. It does a great breakdown of the statistics of the teams of the recent history of the NFL for you to look at. So you can have a good time reading that piece. Check out Mike Carter's classroom on Shakur Brown and him being a slot corner for the Steelers. What aspects to his game does he bring to training camp that might make him a, a guy that has good pole position to have some shots at the slot cornerback position, all of that right at DKPittsburghSports.com, where you can subscribe to right on our website. Also, if you're checking, if you're listening to this podcast, go check us out. We have seven, day free trials now so if you want to see what being a subscriber to dkpittsburghsports.com is like do the seven day trial you'll, you'll 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 get to see what it's like and if you like it you get a monthly subscription with us you get to hang with us and see all the great things we cover on the steelers the pirates the penguins pit penn state and everything else right here at dkpittsburghsports.com i'm chris carter he's dale lolly thanks for listening to the lolly carter steelers podcast remember to subscribe We're on apple spotify google Podcasts. also leave us five stars with positive comment it helps out the entire podcast platform so doing that helps out everybody we'll be back in the ears later this week <laughs>